Good day and welcome at today's English version of today's sermon. We are doing a series on unsung heroes of faith. Today, the beautiful and remarkable life of Hans Nielsen Hauge, the Apostle of Norway. He was a extraordinary, remarkable man who in a close to 25 years changed the history of Norway forever. He would tell the story that at 25, working as they were not very rich people, poor peasants, working his father's farm, he was singing Jesus Thy Sweet Union to Taste. And as he was singing this hymn, he experienced an overwhelming sense of God's love and God's presence. This encounter he had with God propelled him to live the gospel that he heard and experienced in his heart that God loves us and he wants us to love our neighbors. For eight years he would travel by foot and mostly by horse carriage all across Norway preaching a gospel of repentance, preaching to people a good news gospel, a gospel where once you have repented of your sins, made peace with God, you now can also make peace with your neighbor and begin to contribute to this world through that and the gifts and talents that he has given you. This was, in simple terms, the gospel that he preached. I found this interesting piece in September 21 written by the Prime Minister of Norway. Hauger was a man ahead of his time. Hauger was an entrepreneur and industrialist, and his pioneering influence is still visible in Norwegian society and business life today. Hauger believed that in a Christian society, all people should be of equal standing and value. In his writings, Hauger professed and focused on the idea that jobs were to be created and financial returns shared for the betterment of society as a whole. Everyone needed to be engaged in useful work. No one should live to beg, suffer, want, or lack meaningful employment. While recognizing the importance of the individual, Hauger's vision for society was one of solidarity and cohesion. The movement he created gave people hope of a better future. In Hauger's view, everyone had a responsibility to use their talents and abilities for the common good. Oslo Yes, September 2021, the Minister of Norway. What a testimony that over all these years, a nation honors a spiritual father that changed society by not just preaching the gospel, but living it. This is inspirational stuff. Well, you will find that this man didn't always have it easy. For a period of 11 years, he was imprisoned 10 times. And the reason was they could not understand why this man was mixing religion with employment. They would sometimes mock and laugh that they were not always certain or sure that he was making converts of heaven for heaven or converts and recruits for his employment enterprises. Well, it was during this time where he traveled across Norway that he was deeply moved by the poverty and also the intellectual educational poverty of his uh, fellow brethren, his fellow Norwegians. He then made it his task 
to train people and bring his followers so that people could be trained in literacy because he believed that education and information empowers. He believed it was a common human right that every human being should acquire their own knowledge and read and write for themselves, particularly reading and studying the Word of God. He also was then, because of his lucrative businesses, the different enterprises, was making uh, uh, it problems and problematic for the economic establishment monopolies of the time. He would often speak up against them, of the centralization of government and against the monopolies of money, not moving and not filtering through to the poorest of the poor. Eventually, I could find no fault and after a very long court case, he was not found guilty. The only guilt they could find against him was preaching without a license, for he was not preaching with official uh, clarity or official um, standing with the local church of the time. It's interesting that during this time of imprisonment, that for a period of seven months, he was literally released. Why? Well, they had problems in the salt factories and with his knowledge and innovation skills that he would use throughout his businesses, he was allowed to go and help the salt uh, refinery or distillery where they were making salt out of salt water in the sea. This, of course, was vital to the survival of civilization in the time of Norway because it was used for the persevering of fish and general life. We will find that Hauger created 30 different companies and businesses. He had various different companies, including a textile uh, factory, mills, one that became the most well-known and biggest mill in Norway, the mining companies, a printing press, he made his own paper. He also used and, and had companies as binderies, shipping companies, salt works and trading companies. He actually also had a bank because there was no real bank in Norway in the time. You will find that he was really a pragmatic. Helping the poor was to find employment for the poor. The following statements coming out of the pen of, uh, of Hans uh, Hauger himself, clarifies these issues. He says the primary duty is to spread knowledge of the Word of God. However, the Lord's commissioned our first parents to cultivate the land. The brethren then should, according to God's will, produce necessary clothing and food in order to enlighten them with the love of Christ. To show faithfulness in the earthly ministry is the calling and duty of Christian citizenship. This is my basic doctrine. He also said, If you have been trusted by and with some pounds by God in the spiritual, physical realm, to be faithful housekeepers over them. Do not magnify yourself, but remember those are God's property that He borrowed to you. Those who will not work should rather not eat. I will, however, build factories, be involved in trade, work in the help of crafts, and when the time and energy allows, preferably cultivate the land. Lastly, he said, God provides us with the blessing hidden by our labor, efforts, and the gifts of nature. The employees are never our subjects, but subordinates. If the subordinates 
and you do not provide in them with fair salaries, food and clothing in due time, well, the employer is the fifth. See, Hauger believed that as he was traveling and preaching the gospel, he moved that the gospel that does not only save our soul and heal us to receive the Lord Jesus and as we make peace with him, we then also make peace with others. And there's a social healing, but yes, there's also a vocational healing. He had started 30 different businesses, as I've said, but influenced close to 50. He had a uh, investment portfolio, believe it or not, that believed in diversification and also to have a broad management portfolio. This was the modern day Warren Buffett of the time and made some really good investments. He also believed in good stewardship. Every company had to show with good bookkeeping and being faithful in the least how they take care of that what they've received. He believed also in all these companies that companies should serve mankind by social entrepreneurship. He believed that a company or a business or firm has a social responsibility for no company stands distant or stands separated from local society. We owe society to give back. Two companies in particular is interesting to note. The one is the specialist Turner which is a software development company. They actually employ people with Asperger syndrome, which they believe as instead of it being a deficit or a problem, they believe that instead of seeing them as a liability, they are seen as assets by letting them use the amazing attention to detail as a strength and a competitive advantage for the company. Another is Warby Parker and Tom Shoes. They have a one-to-one system where for the pair of glasses or spectacles you buy, you give one. And for the pair of shoes that you buy, you give one to someone in need. These social responsibility companies don't do it as an aftermath. They existed to do social upliftment. The complete and I believe important uh, coming together of making profit but making profit so that you can develop humanity. It is interesting that in his efforts and endeavors, he also believed in empowerment through knowledge. He found that many of the Norwegians couldn't read or write and therefore involved them in several classes that were run by his followers to teach people to read and write. He believed also in education of a value-driven educational system. He says that giving people knowledge without teaching and modeling to them the values to live by, they are lost. He also believed in servant leadership. In his own words, the 10 characteristics of serving leaders is to be a good listener, to be emphatic, to be a healer, to give attention to detail, to be persuasive, to be a good steward, commitment to the growth of others and community building. He often also saw the potential in people and it is remembered that he would see in one of his converts and ask him would he not give up his job to become a merchant of sorts in another company and help this man to prosper. 
He also invested in scholarly pursuits to help innovation in his companies. And so it is with Peter Moller, received a scholarship from Hans to study pharmacy. In 1829, he bought a pharmacy in Christiana, which developed to be one of the leading pharmacies of its kind in Northern Europe. The same year he invested in Lillebork textile mill, which later developed to become a leading oil and soap producer in Scandinavia. In 1551, Moller drew in a knowledge from the fellow Hogans or Hogans and inventors from Ullesund and developed refined fish oil. Within two years, he had set up three factories producing this new health product. We also find that the way he lived and the way he do life, if you look at his personal life, that after he was freed from prison, he, it's only then that he married. And after just two, three years, his wife died in childbirth. Second wife had three children, of which also two children died. He has only one son, Andreas Hauge, who became a minister in the Church of Norway and later a parliamentary member. He didn't have it easy, and because of the time he spent in prison, his health was so affected that he died only at the age of 53. Literally spent his life, but in only 25 years, made such great advantages or advances in the kingdom of God, letting God's kingdom come here on earth as it is in heaven, that even now, 200 and more years later, his life it's still a life to be reckoned with. And it's interesting that the piece of work that I've studied for this particular sermon was written in 2020-21 by a group of Norwegian scholars who reinvestigated this man and the influence it had on its economy, its leadership, its structures, and the systemic society that they live in. Now, looking at this, I find encouragement i also find inspiration i hope you do too that is by looking at these unsung heroes and the lives that they lived that we gain inspiration for what the task is for us and what lays ahead i remember at our church camp recently and a while ago as we were finishing on the sunday and letting everyone speak what they believed was the vision god has for their lives we all live with meaning. We all live with purpose. We not exist to breathe. We do not exist only to earn a salary. But we live to make a difference in society. And it was at that meeting where one after the other stood and said things like, I live so that through my farming practice and farming enterprise, I will show the world best kingdom uh, practice for building a farm and looking after people from people who just said, I exist so that I can raise children in a godly manner, from people who said, I live so that I can feed the poor. Others, I live so that people through me can be educated, not only in knowledge, but to know God. And so I heard story after story of some of our members who do not just live for themselves, but live this particular calling that God has put on their lives to make a difference in the world. I hope that you are inspired by Hans Hauger's life. And if you study his life and go read up about him, I think he just left something behind for us as Christianity to think about and how we at this time in a post-Christian era can actually 
again rise to be God's light, to be God's glory, to be God's love to humanity. I want to end and ask us to read this beautiful passage that we find in uh, 1 John 3 verse 16. Now this is interesting because we all remember John 3.16, but in 1 John 3.16, it is said much more clearly. We remember John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, so that whoever believes in Him will have, will not die, but will have eternal life. Well, in, two, uh, in 1 John 2, uh, sorry, 1 John 3.16, it says, By this we know love. Because he laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But whoever has this world's goods and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart from him, how does he love God and abide in him? My little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. And by this we know that we are the truth and you shall assure our hearts before him. I believe that, and I thank God for every member's giving, not just giving towards our uh, church, but as we give of ourselves in the work we do. May our workplace, our office, our classroom, the place we work, become a little Eden, become a place where people, when they walk in, will experience the presence of God. And yes, that is just the first calling card. Because ultimately God is calling all of humanity into His glorious church to become His body, to become His legs and hands and eyes and ears in this world. And may God work in us that through our lives, through our testimony, and through loving God and loving our neighbor, we change the world. God bless you and God loves you. Amen.